Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we are climbing our way to the top of Tier 5 in our organizational value rankings. And these are all some big, big players, and all of them have been guests on the Locked On Senators podcast. And all of them are trying to make that push to become everyday NHLers. We'll get into that. Plus, PWHL Ottawa has added its first three players, and man, some impressive resumes on there. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team, every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Lockdown Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 868 of the Lockdown Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free water bottle with your purchase. You will not want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. A reminder that you can like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast for daily sends content on YouTube as well. We are free and we are ramping up for season five of the show. We are exactly 14 days away from Sens training camp, even less with rookies reporting one week from today. Today is Wednesday, September 6th, and Pillsy, hand up. I deleted the episode yesterday, about an hour after I posted it. Well, the episode was deleted because we had such outlandish takes. Uh, The profanity was off the charts, and we had to take it down. So you guys missed out on that episode, and we cleaned it up a little, though. YouTube does not want to see us succeed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah sometimes youtube can be a little a little tricky no no we love youtube and we appreciate uh the citizens that let us know right off the bat because that would not have been good i pressed the wrong button hand up for me but we got that back up and at it tim stutzla the center of attention on yesterday's show and we got some great comments people saying man you know this team is getting better when it's not only brady we're talking about every day you know what he brings to the table there are other stars surrounding him now and that means good things for the future of the Ottawa Senators. We have our organizational value rankings. I think we're going to get into those sooner rather than later today because these four players are all X-factors to me. We're into the teens, Pilsy. They should be X-factors. We should be getting to that tier in terms of talent in the organization. It's been really fun to do this so far. And if you've missed any of them, we are posting each individual profile on our YouTube page throughout the next week or so. Pilsy. Congratulations. As I refresh Twitter, you, my friend, are the winner of episode six of the Ring of Honor. Your first Ring of Honor victories. Yep. uh, It was a long time coming. And I'd just like to say this was the category. This was one of the ones we had circled right away when we had the idea of Ring of Honor, best fighters in Senators history. And this was the closest poll easily and I got the W here. It feels good. Honestly, it's just, it's just a relief. Thank you, everyone, for the pity votes. Uh, that was much needed for my mental health to get the W, and I got it. Now I've got the one win. I can I can move on with confidence. And 
Ross, you and Martian better be on your toes because guess who's picking the order next time for Ring of Honor? Look out. I finally got first overall, and I got the win. Imagine that. Do you want to uh, let the people know what, what the topic is for this upcoming Sunday? No, let's keep it as a tease. Okay. This and su- that's not because I don't remember it. I'm keeping it as a tease for, for content's sake. That, that was a really good soundbite you just gave there. We'll have a <laughs> Ring of Honor draft this Sunday exclusively on our YouTube. And, well, yeah, we post the audio as well. So it's exclusively brought to you by Locked On Senators. But and- the, the Ring of Honor definitely is one of those you want to watch on YouTube. I, I'm an audio podcast listener myself, but the Ring of Honor is a great YouTube watch because you get to watch our reactions when everyone makes their picks. And uh, the banter is just much better when you got the boys on camera. Plus three look good-looking dudes. Oh, that's very kind of you. Pilsy, let's, uh, let's get into... Our rankings first, and then we want to wrap up the show. We are going to cover the PWHL Ottawa this season. I'm, I'm just super excited for, for a professional league that's all together, right? It was so scattered. It was like some of the best players in women's hockey were playing here, somewhere over there, and it was just discombobulated. But now, one league, and I think Ottawa gets the cake with three early signings. We got attendee. By the way, the helmet is unreal. We'll get to it and talk about that at the end of the show. But Pilsy, we got four prospects, big time players to get to in our organizational value rankings. All right. Coming in at number 21 on our organizational value rankings. It's one of our best friends of the show. It's Igor Sokolov, a guy without a contract right now, but he got his feet wet at the NHL level last year, five games played, Got his first NHL goal, and we're hoping that a summer in Stittsville can help him build on that heading into the fall. It is wild to me that we are still here today, September 6th, 2023, and Belleville's leader in points, what, second season in a row? I was goals, goals last year and points this year. Who had more points than him the year before? Uh, good question. I'll figure that out. Okay. Well, either way, one of Belleville's top players consistently is without a contract. It's, it's mind boggling that they can't get this done. I don't think Igor is asking for, for too much from what we've heard. And I, I think really that this is something that should have been cleaned up. Bruce Garriock reported it. So I feel more comfortable being able to say, it, cause we, you know, we, we don't want to be news breakers, especially when it's people who, you know, we trust and, and we're have a good relationship with, uh, but it's AHL salary. That's the sticking point here, which seems absurd. So what it works out is in an entry-level contract, you get a signing bonus. I think it's $92,000 every year. And then you make your base salary afterwards. Now, if you were to get that base salary plus signing bonus every year in your job, wouldn't you consider that your salary? So if somebody's basically trying to give you a raise on only your base salary, but without a signing bonus, and you're taking like a $50,000 pay cut to play after you've produced, it just seems to me like that's a a, a ridiculous ask. And the answer is Jake Lucini had one more point in Ooh. eight, but in eight more games. So okay. points per game, obviously Igor is right there. But yeah, I hope they get something done. It would be a shame to not have him start with a contract like this is such a pivotal year and maybe that's what the Sens are banking on they're like oh he needs this year in Ottawa and it's like well come on like like do you think they're waiting and seeing if there's an injury and that way they could have him up and not worry about waivers like I wonder if there's some galaxy brain thought process otherwise it's like 
You've been spending money on everybody else in Belleville. Yeah. How about the guy who's been your leader down there and a guy who, when you draft someone who's a double overager in the draft, you know that it's not like drafting someone from the BCHL who's going to have five years before he makes it. You got to get him in and understand that you're cutting out development time and it's time for let's play hockey at the top level. Yeah, he scored an NHL goal last year. Like, I, I don't know. It is wild to me that this isn't isn't done. But we can move on from the contract stuff and talk about Igor as a player. Because for a guy that's unsigned, it doesn't seem that way. He's out there on the ice. He's working very hard this offseason, as he has the last couple offseasons. And he's doing everything he can to show this team that he's committed. And he's doing what he, what he can to improve as a player. And last year in Belleville, he had... In 70 games, 21 goals, 38 assists, good for 59 points. And then in the NHL, five games played, one goal, one assist. And this is the the tough part for me is only seven minutes average time on ice. Like a guy like Igor, he's playing top six in Belleville. Seven minutes a night in the NHL with the type of players he was playing with was not putting him in a position to succeed. So if you give him a legitimate chance, I'm talking 10-game sample on a third line with more offensively uh minded players I really think he's at a point where he's ready and he's got the size 6'3 217 and he's really worked on his skating and you can tell it's improved oh that's the one thing I can already see the comments on YouTube right now talking about the skating and this and that well Shelly Kettles is is you know historically well known around the Ottawa parts of being kind of a skating whisperer so hopefully she does her thing with Igor over the summer. They've been working together. And what I love about uh, about Igor is that he understands that's not never going to be his strength. So what I think we saw from him a lot last year is just trying to play in the offensive zone and try to be puck possession focused and trying to make sure that he's not giving away opportunities the other way where he's going to have to be the first guy back back checking. And, you know, maybe that's somewhere that that's still a work in progress for his game. But the offensive numbers, and he's always been an offensive player. Just look back his last years in the QMJHL as well with Russia at the World Juniors, um, where he was able. I believe he won bronze with uh, with them. I could be mistaken, uh, or no, it was it was silver because that was the gold medal game, right? Where the, it hit the camera. He was telling us. Yes. Yep. That was uh, that was wow. That was the Lafreniere year. Um, so in the AHL last year, seventy games for Igor, fifty nine points, twenty one goals. Right, like the numbers are all there in the AHL. He's the franchise leader in points. He's the franchise leader in goals, I believe, and you know he's right there in games played as well. I think he's just a few off of Jordan Murray, uh, who has that uh, record in spades. But when you look at what Igor needs to do at the next level, yeah, it's pace. Like, I don't even want to call it skating anymore. It's just pace. Like, you got to be able to, you know, make quick decisions all the time. But the shot is elite. He showed he can use his teammates. And not being, not freezing up when he was one-on-one with the goalie, right, in a, in a third period against Tampa there, I love that. Just made one, two, three moves, slips at five hole on Brian Elliott. And I'm hopeful that he can continue that. Like, I know it's maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I still have him in pencil as my third line right winger. They're going to have to move money. The third line is not going to be Pinto, Kubalik, and uh, Joseph. Joseph. No. It's just not. They can't afford it to be. One of those wingers to me is gone. And the guy who makes most sense to fill in there is Igor. I really think it is. He's 22, 23 years old. Like it's not time to be like, oh, he needs more time developing the minors. It's let's let's giddy up here. 23, let's go. Nothing else to prove. 
in the in the minors and I just I believe in what his process has been I think that it's a lot to say that he spent the whole summer here didn't go back to Halifax went back to Russia I think for a week or two but other than that like he's here he's working and um I'm cheering for him I, re- I really am like uh we we've said it since day one pills the episode one anyone who comes on this show mm-hmm. will go to battle for yeah. but he's of course taking it a whole step further of like you know kind of becoming friends for lack of a better term. And uh, we, we really appreciate the hard work and that he's put in to be a part of this organization. Second round pick, like what are you going to do? Give up after 13 NHL games on this guy would be an absolute travesty. So let's get this guy signed and let's get him in the mix for opening night. Yeah, I'm with you. I really do think he's the front runner to be that third line winger. Once money is inevitably moved at some point. So let's, let's get this cleaned up so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Seriously. And I mean, there's lots of moving parts, right? Ridley Gregg's probably his biggest competitor on the third line, but lefty righty, I think getting a right shot in the mix would be, would be a good thing for the Ottawa Senators. So we'll find out sooner or later, but what I can tell you is that Igor has had quite the, uh, the roller coaster here in the last few years on our organizational value rankings. He's been on it since day one. He basically came on the list for the first time right after his draft. And since then he was 29th. Then he moved up to 17th, 16th, and now he's back at 21. Again, we do have to take into consideration a little bit that he doesn't have a contract right now. So Igor Sokolov comes in at number 21 on our organizational value rankings. All right, coming up next, we got three more prospects to get into and a look at the PWHL Ottawa's first three players under contract. That's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. You already heard Ross talk about Bird Dogs at the top of the episode, but I want to get my chance to talk about them because I love my Bird Dogs. They make you look so good and look good, feel good. Well, you can do both of those with Bird Dogs because their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better and at a better price. They are not made of stiff, restricting cotton. And what they did is they invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. That's the key. The stretch is what you want. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I can attest to that. This past weekend was a hot one and I had my bird dogs on and you would never have known it was that hot because I was cool and dry and looking good. You can have bird dogs for any occasion, golf, date, evening out, hanging out by the pool, working out, lounging, or even heading to your day job. So you got to get a chance to get your hands on bird dogs and you can do that by going to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL and enter promo code locked on NHL at checkout. And they're going to give you something for free. First, it was the hat we talked about. Ross loves that hat. And now it's a Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. So go to birddogs.com slash NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. Go visit our friends at the Glebe Central Pub at 779 Bank Street and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. It's a great spot to go before you head down to Lansdowne this Friday. Uh, Red Blacks football at Lansdowne. Hamilton Tiger Cats at Ottawa Red Blacks. You can go watch the game at the Glebe Central Pub or stop by if you're heading down to have boots on the ground. Also, we talk about PWHL Ottawa, the Women's League. That's going to happen at TD Place. So remember, 
Whenever you're on the way to Lansdowne, head over to the Glebe Central Pub. They've got trivia nights. They've got live music. Everything that gets you fired up to be in a really friendly environment, which is where all bars should aim to be. The Glebe Central Pub is your go-to shuttle to get from downtown to Senators games as well. More information coming on that in the weeks to come. But head to 779 Bank Street. Make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. You're among friends. You're among family at the Glebe Central Pub. All right, Pilsy. Can't believe it's one week until rookies report, but it sounds like the Senators already have a really large group of players in town, ready to go, just speaking to the excitement. Unfortunately, though, I messed up yesterday, Pilsy. I said the Sens plex. Now the ice is back in the CTC, so no more fan viewings for the summer skates. The Senators have moved in to the CTC. All right, coming in at number 20 on our organizational value rankings He really did make the jump to a full-time NHLer last year, but we have him in this tier still because he's young in the same age group as these guys and did play some AHL games last year. It's perennial fourth-line center for Ottawa. It's Mark Kastelik. One of my guys, Ross. I'm a huge Mark Kastelik fan. There's just so many positives when you're talking about this guy, and it all starts from the face-offs, in my opinion. Like, as a fourth-line center... You know, you don't get a lot of time on ice to contribute in certain ways, but if you can be winning those draws and giving your team possession, whether it's uh, a really important defensive zone draw and then you cl- you just chip it out and go for a change, get that top line out with the puck in the offensive zone now, that's great. Or it's near the end of the period, the top lines are gassed, you can win it in the offensive zone and hopefully get some scoring for the bottom six. That's so huge. And Mark Kaslick had 57% face-off success rate. Only Claude Giroux had better numbers than him percentage-wise. And uh, that's what you want to see from your fourth-line guy. And he's got the size and strength and physicality that you want from a guy on the fourth line. As far as I'm concerned, Ross, sign this guy to a long-term extension as soon as he's available and keep him as your everyday fourth-line center. I mean, he got his last contract right before the season. So he did sign a two-year extension. uh, Extend him again. Extend him again right when he can. (laughs) I'm with you, man. Like What he brings to the Ottawa Senators is what what every team wants on a fourth line. It's toughness. It's grit. You you already discussed that. He's the only player in NHL history to score a goal and get in a fight on the same play. Absolute legend. We were there for that one. Very, um, how would I say, not shy, but a very like light talker. When we had him on the show, like great guy. I feel like he, he gets along with everybody. There's definitely no, um, it doesn't seem like he's high maintenance. Let's put it that way. He just goes in, does his thing. And like a guy that we've had as his player comparable since back when he was scoring in junior, we are always like, this guy could be the next Zach Smith. Like not that that's like a huge bar, but it's like Zach Smith had a very, defined role as an Ottawa Senator for many years. And I think Casty can be that guy last year, 11 points, 102 penalty minutes was a dash six. But like you said, second on the team in his face-off percentage. So there's definitely value for him. And to have the cost certainty of a guy making under 900,000 on your fourth line, but knowing that he's going to snap back face-offs, kill penalties and fight and stand up for his teammates. I think that Mark Kaslik is a great 
fourth line center. Now, the only thing that I'll say with him, and maybe this is even better, it's like he's shown at other levels. He's 24 years old right now, okay? So it's not like he's going to pop off and be a 20-goal guy at the NHL level. But I do think there's an underrated or under um, – it hasn't come to the forefront yet of offense for his yeah. game. This is a guy who, I mean, his whole life he was an offensive-minded player, scored 47 goals in junior, was over a point per game every year, and then even in Belleville was starting to find his stride at 14 goals uh, during the 2021-22 season. So not last year, but the year before. And, uh, I mean, he's he in uh, Belleville Senators' playoff history, he's uh, first in points per game, two assists in two games. Um, as we know, Belleville's only ever played two playoff games in franchise history. But all joking aside, Mark Kaslick, they could do a lot worse than having him as their long-term fourth-line center. Yeah, I, I love him in that position. But the thing is, Ross, like he's been playing a lot with Parker Kelly and Austin Watson. And no offense to those guys, they're not exactly going to put the puck in the net uh, that often. So it's hard for him to produce offense when those are his line mates. But I think you mentioned killing penalties. He actually didn't kill as many penalties as I thought. He only had 27 minutes of shorthanded ice time. So. Oh, yeah. All year, yeah. Uh, so I really think that there's an opportunity for him to to get some more time killing penalties. That's a way he can have some more ice time. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. 20, 27.55 shorthanded time on ice. How many did Gambrell kill? How many penalty minutes, uh, shorthanded minutes? 129. So yeah, that's where Casty could slide in and take that role. Although Josh Norris coming back, I think he will take on a bit more of a penalty killing role as well. But uh <laughs> Quick, quick aside, who would you rather killing penalties, Stutzla or Norris? For me, it's Timmy, dude. He's so alive. No, for, but th- you got to take some time to think about it. For me, it's Timmy too. But then, man, is Timmy just going to be on the ice all game? Top line center, top power play, and and killing penalties? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I mean, there's worse things, but uh, I don't want him to get gassed too quickly. So no, He'll be good. He'll be good. And, and having Cassie in the mix, he had eight fights last year in the NHL. Right, like he had one in in the AHL as well. I just gonna stand up for his teammates, man. He's a big, big kid, and uh, some are saying he's the best centerman from Arizona in the NHL. I mean, I agree. Some Who else is there? Some are saying it. I don't know. Yeah, can't, can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. No, <laughs> but uh, no. All jokes aside, Mark Kaslik really impressive with his slow and steady growth, and we've seen that, dude. Listen to this trajectory for the fifth round pick from 2019. In 2020, he was 40th on our rankings. 2021, he was 41st. <laughs> then 25th last year, and now he's up five more spots. Mark Kastelik comes in at number 20 on our organizational value rankings. All right, coming up after a quick break, we've got two more profiles to get into, a little PWHL talk and more. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Welcome back, Locked On Senators. Pilsy, we are into the teens, man. We only started our organizational value rankings a week and a half ago. And we've gone from 60 to 29. This is what happens when you have so much summer off-season content, Ross. Like, but we we pushed back the start of organizational value rankings so much because we're like, well, we got to do this. Oh, now we got to do this. Oh, we got these guests on. Like, it just off-season, not for us. Amazing, right? 
It really is amazing. And I'm excited for everyone to get the season underway. It is going to be an absolute blast. I'm so excited that, uh, that we're going to be able to kick off this season in a week and two days. Hey, I don't care that it's rookie camp. There will be Senators jerseys flying around the ice in Buffalo in just over a week. Woo! Coming in at number 19 on our organizational value rankings. He was a guest on this show about two weeks ago. It's the Great Dane. It's Mad Sogard. What a year for Mad Sogard. I mean, an absolute roller coaster type year for him as he essentially splits his time in the AHL and NHL. Not according to plan, I think, for him to get 19 NHL games and he played 22 in Belleville. But you know what? He, he made the most of a tough, tough situation because not only did he get thrown in there because of multiple injuries to the goalies in the NHL, but the team wasn't exactly 100% healthy either. And uh, it was a lot of reinforcements in front of him too. But I think this was good experience and good exposure for Mad Sogard and something that he can build off that pro NHL experience and take a look at film, a lot of video over the summer and see kind of you know, what do I need to work on to be prepared to be better at the NHL level? But for me, Ross, uh, I guess this is kind of starting off uh, early on this, but I'll just say I really would like Mad Sogard. His goals for me this season is to get consistent time as the starter in Belleville. And hopefully there's not too many injuries in the NHL and he doesn't have to come up for long stretches because I really want him to start building confidence in Belleville and in the AHL because apart from when he first got here and he had that miraculous 7-0 run, it's it's been tough sledding for him down in Belleville. Now they've got the team to support Tendies properly, so I think he can have a great season. Name one thing that pisses off Pilsy more than goalies moving up and down. Drives, drives me nuts. I mean, goalies are... The mental game is so important, and if you don't know what team you're playing for, where where you got to catch a flight for, if is your equipment coming, like all these kinds of crazy things can happen when you're up and down all over the place. And when you're a young goalie trying to develop, honestly, consistency is the key. You need routine, you need balance, and you need to have those things uh, that you're comfortable with so that you can succeed. I completely agree. Now, looking back at last season with Matt Sogard, almost identically split between the AHL and NHL. In the AHL, he played 22 games, and he played 19 at the National Hockey League level. Before I read off these stats, it has to be stated, he was the NHL's Rookie of the Month. I'm not talking about goalie. Out of all rookies in the National Hockey League in February, he was the dude who got that done. And still a long way to go in his career, but you want to see a bit of improvement next year in terms of the numbers. There were games where Mads was unbeatable, and there were games where it's like, okay, one goes in, then three goes in type thing uh, last season. So 6-10-2 record in the AHL, 347 goals against, an 893 save percentage, and in the National Hockey League, an 889 save percentage and a 332 goals against average. But Pilsy, I think to really get a sense of the season for Mad Sogard, you can kind of see the le- uh, the dips and valleys and heights are all kind of in unison to how the Senators were performing yeah, as well. Big time. Like there, there was that that road trip, right? If you take out and again, you can't take out the road trip, but right where where the season went completely off the rails, where they went. I don't know if you remember the game in Chicago. Mm. But even even the win in Seattle, but then Vancouver and Edmonton and uh, Mando played the game in Calgary. But in those four games, Pilsy, Mads had a 8 
43 save percentage. I'm not saying you can take out certain games, but that overall save percentage, if you if you do take out those four, it goes up quite a bit. So I think that you really have to kind of dig into the numbers a little deeper before just being like, oh, sub 900 save percentage, get out of here. <laughs> no, def- definitely got to do some more digging before you toss the get out of here. So, uh, that's for sure. And I, I believe, Ross, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Mad said a lot of his focus this offseason was working on his mental game. And right. I think, you know, that's a great place for him to start because we saw Mads was very hard on himself and he had high expectations and felt that it was his responsibility to be winning games for that injury-riddled team last year in the NHL as a young goalie. And that's, that's just not the case. Like, he he shouldn't and isn't expected to carry the team on his shoulder like that. So... That's why I want him consistent games in Belleville because I believe he can dominate there with a good roster. And then once he's got that confidence up and his mental game is um, at kind of an all-time high and he knows he's ready and what to expect, then I think he can succeed uh, playing in Ottawa. I I believe that to be the case as well. He's 22 years old. Yeah, so young, so young. Like, let's not Ben Bishop ourselves here and say, oh, it's yeah, done, right? And then we saw what happened with Ben Bishop's career. Sometimes, especially these big goalies, they take a little longer to get their feet wet. And for Mads, it's it's looking at, at his uh, his chart over and over again, year by year. Like, last year, man, 40-plus games between the NHL and the AHL. And I think that's got to be the most he's played in a season since, uh, since well, definitely pre-COVID. And, yeah, ever. The most he played in the WHL was 37 games. He did that in back-to-back years. Played 35 in Belleville uh, last season, but this year, yeah, over 40 games. So I want to see over 40 games again, hopefully most, if not all of them, in Belleville, and just work on the the composure too, like not getting so – I told him, I was like, man, you're too hard on yourself sometimes. Like I think that it's important for him to just be able to let, let it go if he lets one in, refocus, bang, you'll be after it next year. I'm excited to see him in training camp. Like – I could see him coming into training camp and putting up some zeros in uh, preseason action. That would be money for the confidence level. So we're we're rooting for Mads, man. I'm a big fan of him, and y- you just you don't see that many goalies standing six foot seven. So for him to be able to 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 have this much experience already at 22, I think that says a lot for his future. Uh, Pilsy, this year Mads comes in at 19. Last year, 19. The year before. 19. <laughs> wow. And the first time he was on the list, he was 35th right after his first year after being drafted. So Mad Sogard coming in at number 19 on our organizational value rankings. All right, coming in at number 18 on our organizational value rankings, the top player in tier five. This is the legit prospect tier. It is the K train. <laughs> Tyler Clevin. Yep, Tyler Clevin. I mean, uh, I think his short sample size, albeit, but eight games in the NHL really raised a lot of eyebrows, not only for Ottawa Senators fans, but for scouts, online scouts around the league that it was their their brand, their niche to dog on Tyler Clevin. And he really showed that, hey, he went took the jump from college to NHL and he did it pretty seamlessly like now mind you obviously he's playing bottom pair minutes but he still looked really good out there he didn't look out of place too often and 
Was he playing bottom pair minutes, though? Because at one point, Ottawa had Shabbat, Chikrin, and Hamannick all up in the press box. No, true. That's actually a good point. I think the first couple games he was, but then he got elevated out of necessity. Uh, yeah, because he averaged over 14 minutes a night, so that's not bad at all. And I know this might be the unpopular opinion, and Ross, you can push back on this if you want, but I don't see him making the team out of camp, and that's not because I don't believe he can or don't believe in his potential. I just think it would be so beneficial for him to get a good chunk of games in the AHL so that he can harness the physicality of his game that we didn't see him play use in the NHL because he's too worried about getting out of position or getting caught out of a play trying to make a big hit. Whereas in the AHL, he can work on that timing. He can work on playing up against big, strong, professional men instead of the college game. And I think after a solid season of AHL playing – he can be ready for the NHL big time. Pilsy preaching patience. Last yes. year, Tyler Clevin had 35 games at North Dakota with the Nodak Sens. Eight goals, 10 assists for 18 points, plus two, and 84 penalty minutes. Because if you touch someone the wrong way or even look at them the wrong way in the NCAA, that's a 10-minute misconduct and a suspension. Uh, he did burn a year off his contract. That's noteworthy. So he has two years left at nine hundred. And seventeen thousand dollars. The K train six foot four, two hundred and one pounds. And uh the way he hits the golf ball, if you're watching Laleem's Martians Twitter, uh, this guy can absolutely hammer it just like he can a puck, even though he's still looking for his first national hockey league goal. Now, Pilsy, to push back on you here, I, I'm not saying that he's guaranteed a spot. Frankly, he's on the outside looking in when yeah. you when you have seven one-way contracts between JBD and Hamnick on the right side, and then his main competition is Eric Branstrom on the left side. And obviously, to say they bring different elements, <laughs> understatement of the year. But yeah. when you do look at Tyler Clevin, he's the kind of guy who's going to jump out to evaluators at training camp right away yep. based on his size. He's going to step on the ice and be like, who the heck is that kid? Obviously, well, I hope the senders manager already knows. But even guys who are who are just watching from afar, it's like, okay, he has a presence about him, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think that if he can show an ability to not make mistakes, like if every pass is crisp and if everything is is smooth, who would you rather have defending the, the net front in the back end, right? Like you have to ask yourself those types of questions. So if he's doing what Branny does, which is move pucks almost as well, then you have to lean Clevin because he does all these other things that Branny just physically can't do. And I think that's where that's where Clevin might have an inside track. I also think it would be hilarious if three of the Nodak Sens just skipped Belleville. I yeah. think it would be hilarious because Pinto never played there, nor did Jake Sanderson, obviously. But uh, that would be kind of a funny aside. Like Brad Barry would need to be compensated, I think, for sending guys right to the National League. Two second-round picks, even, if, if Clevin does come out of camp which i would say i would say is a 35 percent chance but i'm gonna throw it back to you this way pilsy is there anything that clevin could do in preseason and training camp like if he comes out there how dominant would he have to be to change your mind <laughs> this is this is the thing i don't i don't want to frame it like i'm trying to keep clevin down or or i i don't want him there the i'll be honest there's probably nothing he could do that could change my mind because i'm trying to develop my focus is on developing this guy properly because there's players that I believe can play on that bottom pair right now that can do a good enough job that there isn't a necessity to bring Tyler Clevin in. Like my, my plan would be, I'm looking at this and I like 
Ross, we we heard that one of the main reasons, and this is funny to look back on because it's a Pierre Maguire reference, but Pierre Maguire fought to have Travis Hamnick brought in specifically to mentor Tyler Clevin. So my plan would be have Clevin have a dominant season in the AHL, raise the Calder Cup, have a long playoff run, be a top uh, pair guy. Uh, and then on the back half of Travis Hamnick's long-term extension that he signed, so the one year, uh, I would have Hamannick being the seventh defenseman and him and Clevin kind of both being on that bottom pair and Hamannick can be kind of guiding and mentoring Clevin that whole season. And then Hamannick's contract's up. He set, set, sets off into the sunset, sails off into the sunset. You know what I'm getting at there. Uh, and then Clevin is perfectly ready to take that spot. He takes the left side. Brandy takes the right side. You got that yin and yang. Nobody has to fight. Tyler Clevin is better than Brandy. No, Brandy's better than Clevin. They're both good, and they can play together in unison. And Sens fans can sing Kumbaya and hold hands, and there's no, there's no division there. And I think that would be perfect. Like that, for me, that is the proper way to develop Tyler Clevin. That is a roundabout way for me to answer your question. So once again, I don't think there's anything Clevin can do in my eyes that has him making this team out of camp. Never say never, Pilsy, and that's just something you did. You just said never. You said never. If he has, if he plays four preseason games, has four, <laughs> you're not done. You're not done. Okay. He has four points, has three bone crushing hits across yeah. the middle, and is plus eight. I'm gonna sit here and say, okay, Pilsy, we're gonna send him down. Okay. You have that conversation with the kid after he goes out and does that. I would I would still send him down. I know you probably think that's crazy, but I just I don't think having him playing bottom pair minutes for an entire season right off the bat would be the best for his development. I'm looking at Tyler Clevin long term here. Like you're Ross, you're you're building the K-train tracks and you've got it pulling into the station already. I'm thinking past the station. I'm making multiple stops. I've got this thing going from Ottawa all the way over to the West Coast. That's how far I want the K-Track trains to run with the Ottawa Senators here. Okay, well, I'm going to Fargo with the K-Train. No doubt. Vancouver is farther. I don't want to give a geography lesson here. but He doesn't need to go to Vancouver. He needs to go home, and then he needs to come back to Ottawa. Okay, We don't have to worry about going out west with the K train. But what I can tell you is he is a long way from a do not draft. That much is for sure where he has developed his offensive game. He's limited the mistakes defensively, the fumbles with the puck that maybe were a bit more prevalent his freshman year at North Dakota. And I really think Brad Berry needs some serious credit for how uh, Tyler Clevin has come into his own. But if you've been listening to this show for years, Brad Schlossman told us right after the draft, he's Mm -hmm. like, I do not understand the hate for Tyler Clevin. He's a perfectly legit NHL prospect, and now we're seeing him start to make his mark. If you want to learn more about the psyche of Tyler Clevin, we've had him on the show twice. One of them, my hair is absolutely absurd. COVID hair. It is absolutely (laughs) absurd. I never... I never even comprehended the fact that this could one day be on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to laugh about that. Don't you have the Masters playing in the background too? Or is that a different video? Jake Sanderson. Okay. Yeah, we were worried about copyright there too. That was... That was tough, okay? That was early days LOSB. But those interviews are available if you want to go have a laugh Mm -hmm. at my expense. We also had Tyler Clevin on this Don't tell the PGA. Yes, please don't. (laughs) Don't notify them, please. (laughs) Now, uh, Tyler Clevin, first year right after the draft, he was 33rd on our list, okay? Then in 2021, he was 22nd. 
in 2022, he was 22nd. And now he's up four spots. Tyler Clevin comes in at 18 on our organizational value rankings. All right, Pilsy, that's tier five. Now tier four, which is going to begin tomorrow. It's actually going to go tomorrow and Friday. Tier four is NHLers. These guys are NHLers. They're legit. They're NHLers. But then there's another tier above them and a tier above them, above that. And then the franchise tier is tier one. That's a, I've extended it. I hope you're okay. Tier one now is three players deep, not two. Whoa. Yeah. Confidence is, is too high with number three to have them in tier two. Tier one, three players deep. You can check that out in the coming week on Locked On Senators. I can actually tell you with our, our little content calendar here that numbers one, two, and three will be next Thursday on Locked On Senators. Oh, wow. We timed that out pretty well. Rookies report on Thursday, and then we'll have a preview of the rookie tournament on Friday, September 15th, right before main camp opens, two weeks from today. All right, Pilsy, wrapping up today's show with some PWHL talk. I'm going to be even more excited when Ottawa has a team name because right now, PWHL Ottawa, you know, it's not, it doesn't have that same oomph as once they get a proper nickname. But the players that they got are legit. As first reported from Send Central on Twitter, that's us, Emily Clark. So whenever I say something like, don't be surprised if, or it would be really cool if, that means I probably know, but I don't want to risk being wrong. But we it's had a bet move. Yeah. Bet four move. days ago. Yeah. Ian Mendez told us it was all time when we said, don't be surprised if Guy Boucher is fired this morning. <laughs> Meanwhile, we knew he was escorted out of the building. He had already been escorted into the table. Uh, Glebe Central Pub golf tournament coming up October 20th now is the golf tournament. Very. They very switched good. the dates? October 20th golf tournament. Good. That's good. Yep. They're going to hold a darts league starting September 17th. Ooh. And they're doing a raffle on Landshark Lager. Every purchase comes with a raffle ticket to win a Yeti cooler. And shout out Jimmy Buffett. I was actually torn up with Jimmy Buffett passing away last yeah, week. Yeah, that's a tough one for you. You're a big Buffett guy. Big Buffett guy. One of the best concerts I got to see in person. Outdoors, too. You got to see Jimmy Buffett outdoors. So rest in peace. And obviously, he's the man behind Landshark Lager. This guy literally made being a beach bum into a billion-dollar enterprise. Super impressive. But yes, all that is coming up at the Glebe Central Pub. Pilsy. we've got great things coming up here on Locked On Senators, but PWHL Ottawa is already making noise emily clark was who we had already kind of penciled in she is elite like top four checker and um hirschfield the um the gm of of the pwhl ottawa team he wants it to be gritty and dynamic that's who he wants the team to be and brianne jenner is the perfect woman to fit the bill for that yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued by this new women's hockey league. I'll be honest, I hadn't followed women's hockey very closely just because straight up it was confusing to follow. I thought I had a handle, okay, this is the league. Oh no, this is the league. Oh, they're breaking up and they're making this league, but that league's not attached to this league. And it just I had no idea where to focus my attention. Now, it seems like with uh, this new league, the PWHL, that things are going to be sorted out. And that's fantastic for all these women athletes. They deserve a proper spot to hone their craft and get paid properly, compensated. And I think that's going to be awesome. Ross, you listed off the the first two players, but 
They got a nice tendy as well. And that's some smart general managing right there. If you don't have a tendy, you're going to have a tough time winning games. And uh, are you going to try for her? I was, I was hoping you'd pop in before because I, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of her name and I don't want to do that. No, no, it's Emirates Mashmeyer. There we go. Go to um, Emirates Mashmeyer. And yeah, I'm on her EP right now, Harvard Girl. So four years at Harvard. You'll love to see that. And math girl. The, yeah, math girl. You need that on the team. And the stats she's put up throughout everywhere she's played is absolutely incredible. So yeah, I'm I'm going to try to focus more of my attention with so much of my attention on Ottawa, Belleville, and then I love the NFL as well. There's only so much room in my little brain for more sports, but since there's a team in Ottawa, I will I will definitely make some room there. Yeah, and let us know what you think our our best way to cover the team is cuz we want to be able to shine a light on these women and, and like we're interested in it as well. But like should we cover it like we do with the 67s where we just touch on it every once in a while, especially when, you know, Boucher was there or should it be something where we have maybe a 10 minute show every week with a roundup. We'd be interested in knowing what kind of uh what kind of interest there is in that. But uh yeah, Mashmeyer, you look at the numbers are insane, hey? Everywhere yeah, they're everywhere crazy. Uh, it's super impressive. So I'm excited for for her and get this. Imagine being that athletic that you're able to cut like we just did a profile on Mad Sogard, who's six seven. Mashmeyer is five foot six. Yeah. Just kicking him out. In that. that's incredible that so uh and if you want to know uh players to dislike sarah nurse blair <laughs> turnbull and renata fast it's not personal ladies but those are the three players who have signed with the toronto pwhl team so don't think that we're gonna go easy on the toronto and montreal teams yeah. no we're supporting the league as a whole but we're not supporting toronto and montreal oh god no Heck no. It would just be wrong. It would be, it would just feel wrong. Pilsy, final thoughts on today's show. Final thoughts for me is uh, we shouted out our merch in yesterday's episode. And uh, thanks to, I believe it's Sue George, Ross. Yes, Sue George is a, a very consistent commenter. And we really do appreciate having uh, having her as a, as a friend of the show. And yeah, we, we got a great comment from her yesterday. I'll let you get into yeah, uh, wait, I don't have that comment on me. Do you have it uh, with you right now? If, if so, read it off. Well, you have the, the thought process behind the comment. Funny you bring up merchandise. I just picked up mine all the way in the West End. East nice. End girl here. So she picked it up at the headquarters there. Love oh, my whoa, sweet. special hoodie. But it's 111 degrees today in Ottawa, so I won't be wearing it just yet. <laughs> fair enough, Sue. That is fair. Yeah, so be like Sue. Check out our merch and... Uh, Get your fall fashion ready. She's got the hoodie ready for fall and winter. She's not going to be scrambling once it gets a little colder. And we're not going to continually, you know, jam this at you guys that we do have a Patreon. But I am going to tell you that the Fantasy Hockey League is a go. Patreon members will be a part of a special fantasy, exclusive Fantasy Hockey League that we're going to be involved with as well. We've got, I believe, 10 teams right now. The more the merrier. Like, let's get this thing right ready. And the draft will be in about a month. So you've got some time if you want to support the boys and also help out and get involved in an interactive yes. fantasy league like that. Uh, super excited to see what's next for the Patreon and for Lockdown Senders as we enter. Season 5, Pilsy, will officially start at day one of training camp. 
Okay, season five coming up. And uh, for the Patreon Fantasy League, we're going to try to think of a really fun uh, kind of prize. It won't, it won't be just cash prize. We're going to think of something fun that we can do for the winner. All right, there you have it. Another uh, idea. Ideas, guys, here mm. at Locked On Senders. Again, leave us a comment, anything you want to hear, anything you want done on the show, potential guests. We're planning out our week before the regular season. We always like to get our Dean Browns, Gord Wilsons, Kyle Bukoskis, and Mark Mathot. We'll get Ian Mendez on, all sorts of friends of the show. Am I missing anybody? I want to get Graham Creek. Oh, Cheryl Pounder. Wait, we got to get Cheryl Pounder on now that there's a women's team in Ottawa and that she's uh, one of the voices on the new Chell game. Claire Hanna is going to be back on the show as well. So lots of great guests coming in the next month or so on Locked On Senders. And if any of you are listening and just heard your name, reach out to our people. We'll get you all booked up here on Locked On Senders. But for today, we say goodbye. Again, a full list of our organizational value rankings. We'll put it up on Twitter at Send Central. But Ali, I'm counting on you, brother. Put that in the comments below on YouTube. For today, we say goodbye. Have a great day, everyone. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. And this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.